Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Week podcast, but it's not just any episode, it's the fifth appearance of my good long-term friend, Mr. Jack Hatcher, aka Calamity Hatcher online. Um, this is also episode one, two, three, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, he, I, I, I painstakingly went back to find out which episodes you appeared on. So you appeared on episode four, episode 18, episode 19, so right around the time, uh, basically, just before I started doing video podcasts, uh, and immediately when I said I was doing that, you were like, let's do it. And we'd literally just had you on the podcast, and I was like, cool, all right, okay. Um, so that's this back-to-back episodes, which is quite funny. And then the that last, was good. Yeah, yeah. And the last time was episode 74. And, you know, I mean, for those who don't know, me and Jack went to school together, so we know each other a bit, bit, bit more than uh, any of my other guys. I think, hang on, let me think. There's a few people I've met online that are part of my community that have been on the podcast, but you're the only person, yeah, you're the only person that's been on the podcast that I know in real life. So that's, that's cool. It's truly uh, an honor. Yeah, man. Um, and, uh, oh my God. I mean, obviously I follow, you know, what you do online sort of from afar. Like, you know how it is when you're really busy doing this stuff, like you don't really get the time to like look at each other's stuff like i'm sure you don't get the time to ever look at my stuff so it's like a glance like oh cool they're doing that and that's yeah, it's how what it the algorithm gives you on the on the the particular time you're scrolling those are the bits you see of people but outside of that you don't really have much opportunity to go through and like oh i'm gonna check what this person's posted this week and you, well yeah not, not even that just like actually just sitting down and looking at someone's content like, you know what i mean like i fully yeah. accept especially other creators like you just you don't get the time to do that stuff but no, exactly there's there's a lot that's happened since okay so episode 74 when was that um sometime towards the end of last year no was it last year earlier this year it's been a while either or either or yeah okay yeah well a lot things have amped up yeah yeah um whenever it was gosh i don't even know what to jump straight into at this point um that's okay. Before we get into that, the really, really exciting stuff, let's talk about the shift in your content. So for those who don't know, um, Jack does, I guess, if you're going to sum it up, video game content online with streaming uh, heavily into, you know, obviously Sonic and we've detailed that Sonic the Hedgehog, your love of that since childhood yep. all the way up to now. Um, also your love of all things Marvel, Spider-Man, stuff like that. But basically, to put that in the context for people who understand as far as the sort of content that Jack does online, it's basically like live streaming with his community that he's built up. Uh, he does a lot of streaming on the Super Smash Bros. leagues on, on YouTube. I think a couple of times you've actually been number one in the world for that, so that's an amazing achievement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was mad. Um, but yeah, but there's been a recent shift and you've sort of detailed why on social media. Um, but I just wanted to explore that. I mean, I know the reasons. It seems kind of obvious why you want to do this. But in your own words, why have you sort of, what's prompted the shift in your content um, where you're not sort of walking away from that, but you're not, now you're creating other sorts of content. Like what, why are you doing that? So, you know, for the longest time, I have covered Sonic the Hedgehog and I have covered every facet of the franchise leaks predominantly because those are the videos that get you views at the end of the day. And I no longer legally can talk about leaks. Oh, um, 
due to contracts that I have signed. See, this I didn't know. I mean, I do oh, know. Yeah. I do know what you're talking about, but I didn't know it was connected to this. So that's interesting. <laughs> non non disclosure agreements. Interesting. So, oh, of course, yeah. Because if you if you because you have knowledge, it's like insider trading, isn't it? Like you know. Yeah. Oh wow. So even if you know, I see a leak and I see it to be completely false. Even if I know nothing about the the particular thing, and that does often turn out to be the case. To be completely honest with you. Um, just by covering it, I could jeopardize everything. So even okay. if it's, you know, I have no knowledge of it or whatever. So yeah, we've kind of had to move away from that now. And I've found a real passion in doing video essays and doing voice acting recently. Ooh, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of primarily YouTube shorts based around uh, dubbing sonic scenes, sonic cutscenes, and, oh. and adding my voice to the characters and that kind of thing. And that's been a lot of fun. And then I've been working more on the video essay type things, you know, because it's the main thing I watch on YouTube. Mm, so I love a good 20 minute nerdy video essay, you know, why this Spider-Man film is amazing or terrible or, or what the DCU needs to focus on to rival the MCU. I don't care what it is, I, I love getting into that. So I'm trying to move more into that form of content. Those videos, again, do particularly well at times. Some of them do atrociously, but then others do really well. And, you know, the ones that do really well, you think, okay, that's the, that's the motivation for the next one. Let's, let's talk about something else that I'm very passionate about and want to ramble on about for 20 minutes. So, No, I totally get that, dude. You should always move with the sort of content that you're into, that you enjoy doing the most and... And it's one of the reasons why I diversify and do a lot of different types of content. Some of that is in reaction to things that work. Other things, it's just stuff I want to do. You know, I, I get that. You know, it's not all about getting views. But what I will say with that, because I've had this, this comment come up a few times in my live streams lately where people were like, stop focusing on views. And I know why you're telling me that. And I appreciate it. But the reality is, if you're a content creator, it's impossible at some level to not think about views because it's how you measure your performance over time it's how you measure sentiment as far as what your audience is into it can it can help you to make decisions for example uh instead of focusing all your efforts on one particular con type of content you diversify or maybe you set up a separate platform you know i've done this in, in some instances where uh, you can only find say the podcast on one platform and music in another acting in another but like you know what i mean it's separate so as to yeah. not annoy the existing audience and that's something interesting about what you're doing like uh, how come you've chose to keep it all on one channel as opposed to not is it because it's about those things so it's relevant or it's just quickly to say about your your earlier point uh, i want to shatter the illusion for anyone that is watching online content every single creator on the internet is doing it for views. There is no point saying to them, oh, don't worry about the views because nobody is putting out their stuff online for nobody to watch it. That's, That's a good point, a, actually, yeah. <laughs> you, you have no idea the amount of effort and time that goes into creating these pieces of content that we put up that we don't want that for nothing. Mm. You know, you want people to see that. So yeah, on, on, that, on that point, um, I will just add to that, by the way, the people, yeah, yeah. That, the people that said that and they know who they are, they're awesome people. They meant it more in the sense oh, yeah. that like, don't focus only on that because it'll make you sad. 
and my point was I, I get where you're coming from and I do agree you should make content first and foremost because you enjoy doing it if you stop enjoying doing it don't do it but yeah of course but at the same time you're 100 percent right like you, you yeah you, you want people to look at it that's why you do it <laughs> exactly exactly 100%. um and on your point of the of the channel i mean i've opened this up to my community quite a lot with youtube polls and things like that and the first real instance where i saw there being a split potentially Mm. was with the Calamity Quickies. I don't know if you've actually watched yep. any of the Calamity Quickies. It's basically a new segment. I kind of view it as the Calamity Hatcher Keemstar segment of the channel. But I focus a bit more on the nerdy news and that, and that side of things. But it is generally I do cover YouTube drama and things of that nature, purely because, again, something I was watching a lot of and, and I do still watch Drama Alert whenever it comes out. I enjoy that kind of content and I, I have opinions on these things and I want to talk about it. So... You know, I put it out there with that and I said to people, do you think the Kalami Quickie should be its own channel? You mm. know, to because it's very diverse from the Sonic content. I do try and drop a bit of Sonic news in there if I can, but generally it, it is quite diverse from it. And overwhelmingly, the response was no, keep it together. Mm. And then I've had that on other things in, in terms of like Marvel and, and comic book culture. I've asked, you know, do you guys want me to separate that, have a different channel? So this is just for the Sonic people and then the other guys can go and view whatever they want. And again, the, the response was unanimously, no, keep it on one channel. And that's the weird thing because, you know, these videos don't do, you know, certain types of videos don't do as well on the channel, but I think it's also becoming my brand is just that blend. Like, for instance, there's a YouTuber I watch called Channel Pup. Don't know if he's, if he's maybe watching this. Love the guy. Awesome YouTuber. And he is a Sonic Spider-Man YouTuber. You know, they, they are different topics, but that is his branding. And, you know, both sides of his videos do just as well in that regard. So I think, yeah, I think it's just become a bit of my brand now that, like, this is where you go for your Sonic news, but also find out what Tanamojo did this week or... You know, oh, let's, let's listen to some Sonic voice acting dubs. And, oh, there's a new Spider-Man video out. You know, just, it, it's still fitting within that playground of, like, gaming and nerd culture, I feel. So I think it's just becoming that brand, I guess. I, but I don't know, again, as the channel keeps growing, it's something I'm going to keep putting out feeders for, keep mm. asking the community, because at the end of the day, there's no point making a decision if your community isn't behind it. Because, well, there can be, of course, but, you know, like in the terms of creating content that people want to see and where they can view that content, I, I always feel it's better to listen to my community and, and see what they say about it, really. How many times a week right now, on average, are you posting, would you say? Oh, I'm very inconsistent. I have fallen off the wagon in that regard. Um, you know, some weeks I'll go without posting. Okay. I might go two weeks without posting. And um, then I might have a week where I do three videos and five streams and like, it's just, it's random. And like, for instance, mm -hmm. last week, I didn't really have a lot of content out. I don't think I put any content out last week. If I did, I apologize for that video. I, I didn't mean to forget you. Um, but then this week, you know, Monday, I hear the Sonic 2 movie trailer is dropping. Then Tuesday, I find out that the there's a new game reveal. Mm. Then I put out those videos, one of them got a thousand views before i went to sleep oh no. i was like okay and you know thursday we had the game awards where we got two big sonic announcements so 
not only did I live stream that up till 3am in the morning, streaming that, <laughs> I then, you know, cut the bits from the stream, uploaded yeah. those as reactions. I've now done an Easter egg video covering everything that I found in the Sonic Movie 2 trailer. I'm going to have another one coming up today, tomorrow for Sonic Frontiers. There are moments, you know, things get busy. You have content to create. As a Sonic tuber, it can be quite dry at times. There's not a lot to talk about. Um, so, you know, this has been an instance where things have got really busy, but you have dry weeks, you have slow weeks. I think this week in particular has really reminded me why I do what I do with the YouTube because, you know, the streams and everything, I just had such a blast this week making content again. And I think it's, it's kind of a thing of, you know, when you shift in and out of making it over the course of weeks, like sometimes you just mentally drain. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't do it. And then you have weeks like this where you, you put yourself out and you make a load of content and you just love it so much. It's like an old shoe just fits and it makes you want to run with it. I know exactly what you mean. Like exactly what you mean. Because I got to a point where I stopped, I stopped worrying so much about the views and, and reaching a bunch of people. And I tried to think about, okay, I've got these people here these let's say i think it's about 15 people in total 15 maybe 20 who always at least come to some of the streams if not all of them who always listen to the podcast who always check out um the shorts and stuff like i do etc and i started thinking more about i should focus on making content for them and making them happy as well as myself rather than trying to just reach new people like it's great to reach new people but it's like, you know, like every time you do a live stream, you're essentially advertising, marketing, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're interacting with the people that are always there, but you're also, it's, it's one big advert. It's like, hey, you should join me. You know, you can't, you, 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 can't, you know what you're coming from on this. You, you, yeah, can't be, yeah. you can't be switched off. You can't, you've got to be on the whole time. Uh, exactly, same, with, yeah. same with the podcast. I mean, I would never dream of being lazy here, but you know, same amount of research and effort goes into every single episode. And it, yeah, it can get monotonous, but it's like you said, it, sometimes it gets, it feels a bit like that. And then the next week, or I don't know, maybe I just have a really good episode or, or whatever, something will just reignite that fire. And as you say, it gets better. And for me, it's interesting because I'm making long form and short form content. So the podcast is a bit different. Uh, I don't ever expect it to get a lot of views um but once in a while i might pick up some new people but generally it's this core audience always listening and watching same with the live stream but we have picked up some new people here and there uh, but with the shorts <laughs> it's total total different ball game um, oh yeah i've seen your tiktok congratulations sir thank you but you know the funny thing about that is i thought it was popping up that like, i thought i was you know I, I felt it was like when you got your your first 1k on youtube like this is it everything's gonna change and then nothing changed like nothing changes <laughs> at man. all i mean it's... i think that was the biggest thing that that hit me i i actually distinctly remember it because i came off stream after i hit 1k and my good friend uh nathan called me crude cartoons who you may know who did the awesome stream intro for my streams it's incredible uh he called me and he was like Bro, you did it. That's it. Like, you, That's it. You did it. Well done. <laughs> and I was just, and I was like, it's just hit me that that was, that was nothing. That's that's the first hurdle. 
Mm. Like, the, what happens from here is constant work. That is the only way this keeps growing. Like it, you, you have this idea in your head that once you hit that particular milestone, like that's it, you've made it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, you can't take your foot off the pedal at all. You're still going to be grinding. You're still going to put content out that nobody watches. It's, it's you're going to put out content that people do watch. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a battle. It's, it's always a battle. Yeah, this leads me on to my, my next thing I was going to ask you. Um, don't worry, we'll, we'll get to those exciting projects that yeah, Jack's, yeah, no, no. That, that Jack's working on. I just want to save that for a second because it's the, it's the flow of things. And you know me, I like to make it more conversational. What you're yeah. talking about there, it gets me because one of my key goals, I achieved every other YouTuber goal for this year except for one, which was to get a 1,000 on my main channel. Um, okay. I've got... Uh, just shy of like 800 or 800 something like that which is great don't get me wrong but um it's not what i wanted and obviously i am very gutted about it but then here's the weird thing as you as you know tiktok kind of blew off and then my youtube shorts page as well which is random started getting a lot of views okay Um, and the interesting thing about that and i've mentioned this on the podcast before it it initially when i set it up loads of views and then there was just this drought season where just nothing for ages like maybe six months and then suddenly boom views again and followers again and and basically my point with this is that like no matter what kind of goals you set yourself or how you think the year is going to turn out it's always very different from what how you oh, envisioned yeah. it <laughs> you know what i mean like 100 i mean uh, last time i was with you i said that i would hit 2k subs by the end of this year mm-hmm. uh i'm on just over 1.5k that's not going to happen Ooh. unless i go magically like viral all of a sudden though 1.5 yeah yeah i'm dude i'm not complaining at all i i overshot with the estimation but 1.5 is amazing and sincere thank you to every one of you that is subscribed um but i think i set myself an unrealistic goal in the sense that with i i I was forgetting that i had covid last year i know that sounds weird but i was furloughed from work so i had a whole year of being able to stream every day, make nonstop content. And, you know, I've gone back to work this year and worked my ass off since January. And, you know, when I come home, do I have the motivation to stream every day? Of course not. You know, sometimes it is difficult to get a video out in a week. It's just, you know, things, things change. The circumstances have changed. And in terms of the shorts as well, like what you were saying about the shorts, I think it's interesting that once shorts became a bit more recognizable after like the boom of TikTok and people were like, oh my God, have you heard about YouTube shorts? People got a big boost in views. Yeah. Then it died down again because the trend kind of went down. Now I think we're going into a trend with it again where people are like, oh yeah, YouTube shorts. I have forgot about that. Oh yeah, let's get back on that. And more and more people are going onto it as an alternative to TikTok because they've scrolled through their TikTok, found everything. Now they're going to shorts to try and find some content. I'm going to shit on TikTok for a little bit. So bear with it. Okay. Now, the reason why I'm going to do this is for two reasons. One, because they deserve it. Sort out your bloody app. Secondly, I'll I'll get to why. I just want to go on a bit of a rant, right? So Instagram, we all know that Instagram is trying to be TikTok, right? That's what they're trying to do. That's that's what Reels is. Reels is basically, they're trying to do TikTok. uh, And no one really cares about Reels. Like Reels get views, don't get me wrong. But it's like... The I don't, maybe it's something to do with the the app, like the the UI or something. There's just something off there that's it's just not, not the easily same. accessible on the app. 
And I feel like only people who are like diehard Instagram and I use Instagram users use Reels because people see, that's that the content thing. are going to other platforms. I think the people that are diehard Instagram users probably don't really use. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but like you remember, like what principally what Instagram is for is to you know sort of broadcast yourself as far as like images is concerned and maybe videos. Yeah, it's yeah. an image focused app. It's about you know, like, this is my life, this is what I do, or to promote a business or a brand or some, some shit like that. This Reels thing, it, don't get me wrong, it's huge. The numbers are there. Like, I'm not saying it's not big or anything. I'm just saying that your average Instagram user, they probably have like a small interest in Reels, but they're not like addicted to it. Like how if you're using TikTok, you are probably addicted to the app. Like, And that's not, yeah, that's not yeah, a bad thing. You know what I mean? I'm addicted to it too. But it's like, it's different because when you're a, committed creator trying to grow a brand that's very different from someone just mucking around having a laugh it's different it's different focus different of course yeah but the interesting thing is that while instagram is trying to match everything that tiktok's doing like now you can reply to comments with videos that's a big feature i noticed the other day yeah um and i think to an extent shorts is trying to do a similar thing i don't know necessarily that they'll go to full hog and, and completely copy tiktok but they it, that's basically why it exists it's it's a gap in the market it's why well, it's not a gap in the market it's it's a new type of it's not, i can't even say it's new really um see here's why that will never work right this will never work for shorts i'm telling you this if they copy tiktok you mean it well this is why they can never copy tiktok which is why this will never be the same kind of rivalry TikTok, one of the main things of it is copyrighted music. People dance, like songs go viral on TikTok and people do their dancings to them or their lip syncs or whatever, and that's how it's run. YouTube, the algorithm will not allow that. You are not going to be able to monetize those. Therefore, people are not uploading that kind of content to YouTube Shorts. I will say, though, because um, <laughs> my, my YouTube Shorts account, it's probably going to get to a K, 1K or more, probably in the next year or so. No, I'm, that's, not me, that's, that's not me flexing. I'm just saying it's growing quickly. If it continues the way it continues, it, it probably will happen. And I thought awesome. about this. I thought about the concept of maybe it getting monetized. But I've seen the very top creators that have shorts accounts and they just laugh like they show you how much they earn. And it's just like a joke because what people forget is that the videos are less than a minute. So how much are you really going to like, unless you get like, hundreds of millions of views on it and even then you'll probably get peanuts so yeah. e even if your goal is to get big through shorts i don't think that you're gonna like make money. like it's not really something to make money with really it's you know no grow a following it needs yeah, to complement but... other content yeah it needs to be like for instance so my advice would be say you're a streamer um and you're you're playing i don't know call of duty we'll say um do your streams have those that's where your viewers go that's where your ad revenue is that's where you're, you'll make your money from viewers on that your shorts your a, a kill that you did, an awesome kill that you did a, a minute clip of that stream upload like five yeah. of those over the course of the week before your stream do your stream because the viewers from and make sure people can obviously clearly identify from that short where to go for the stream and it's just symbiotic marketing yeah, that just it works perfectly together. Uh, but if you're going to rely on shorts to 
you know, fund your lifestyle and, and get you that house <laughs> in LA. I'm sorry, guys. YouTube don't pay that anymore on normal videos, let alone yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, there's but- no Logan and Jake Pauls being created from today's YouTube monetary system. That point that you made is stellar. And I'll be honest, I never considered that. Like, I've seen that. Obviously, many of my shorts get copyright claimed. Uh, so it happens on Instagram. Fucking hell, I got a retrospect, uh, retroactive one where they claim something and block the video from like a year and a half ago or something. And I'm like, why do you care? Like this video didn't even get yeah. like 50 views. Like, why do you, but whatever. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's 100% why. I think it's, and they can't do it. Even if they wanted to do that, they would have to change so much that it wouldn't be worth it. So yeah, totally agree. Um, have you heard about the state of the copyright landscape recently? In YouTube? Yeah. Um... I just assume it's eternally shit, but I haven't heard any new well, updates. <laughs> so I'll give I'll give you a, a calamity quickie story. We're all like hey. very broken down quickly. Um, so there was a YouTuber, I forget his name now, uh, relatively relatively decent sized YouTuber. I don't think he's got a million subs or anything like that, but uh, and he was is something Mark Mark is in the name somewhere. Mark and uh, no. no, no, it wasn't Mark Pryor. It might be like a guy called Mark or something like that. It just a very thingy name. And uh, he reviews anime. Oh, hi, anime. Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, he reviews anime. He's reviewed, oh, okay. He absolutely loves Dragon Ball, One Piece, stuff like that. And the company, the parent company, Toei Animation, mm. uh, recently came through and overnight took down 150 of his videos via manual claim, blocked them online. They are reviews of anime. Wow. Um, in fair use terms and he has to go to a lawsuit over it because to actually dispute all 150 someone figured out like it's not possible in his lifetime with the way youtube disputes work and the fact you can only have one open at a time they take 30 days to be resolved wow like it's just ridiculous and so the funny thing is the dragon ball movies are on youtube to watch but you can't watch his reviews of Dragon Ball. So, but the, the issue, like, just to break it down in simplistic terms, is basically because he's used clips and they're yeah. like, you can't use the clips. Yeah, they're like, this is our content. It's not transformative. It's a review. Of course it's transformative. I mean, you could... Okay, I'm not agreeing with this because I think it's bullshit, but, I mean, maybe he and other reviewers should not include clips and YouTube should be, like, really, you know straightforward about it like you can't involve you can't have clips kind of thing and then they i get that but then uh, i do understand that point of view but like as someone who's done reviews before Mm. and like in my most recent spider-man video right my spider-man 2 review i had to put a border over it and a dancing anime girl gif that was that i reduced the opacity on because sony would absolutely kill me but how do i talk about the moment that Peter and Doc Ock fight on that train without showing just some of that footage. Not whole things, because I, I work on a very uh, simple system of three seconds cut. Even yeah. if you're going to show more footage, you jump forward a few seconds and then start from there. So you, you keep in the fair use terms. How am I properly going to explain the emotion when New York gives Peter back his mask and says, we won't tell anybody? Without could, showing just a bit of that scene, you can reenact it. Do it yourself. I could, oh, I could have done that actually. Yeah, and that, I, I'd actually prefer to watch that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get skits on the yes, YouTube yes. channel. Yes, I want to see but, it. 
you know, it adds to it. And like, I was working on an arcane video, which I've got to be honest, I don't think it's going to come out now because I tried recording like twice and had issues. And you know, when you get to that point, we're just like, you know what, the moment's gone. Um, <laughs> but like, when I was doing working on that, I can't talk about how beautiful and breathtaking the animation is mm. without just showing a little bit of that animation because me sitting in this den in you know in this lighting doesn't really reflect what i'm talking about unless i can show part yeah, of that and i don't think it's an issue because you're not nobody is going to that content mm. and saying well i've i've seen the clips in his review so why would i need to watch the movie no <laughs> one is thinking that like if anything you're going to watch it and be like you know what either i haven't seen that and i'm going to give it a go or it's been a while since I've seen that. You know what? Yeah, let's let's get the DVD out. Let's go. Like I will, I will just say now, I completely agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I reckon yeah, the way the way that they think is, oh well, you know, you can just not use the clips, or oh, you know, it's copyright. You can't do that. Blah 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 blah. blah. And it's like, but you're right. Like to. to every review you've probably ever seen that's actually worth watching, aside from and there are reviews without clips and stuff but it's always better when you have the clips it just adds yeah. something like um i just wish i yeah. could say to these companies like okay so i have earned three pounds from this <laughs> and there is a high chance that 50 percent of the people that have watched this video have walked away with the thought oh actually you know what i'm going to give that a watch so you have paid me essentially three pounds to use your content by not claiming me and you have earned you know well i don't really know with streaming services yeah. and whatnot and whether the content is on there you have more than doubled your money i would say at least in terms of you know whether it be subscriptions or whether people go and you know buy it on amazon prime or whatever it's stupid to attack the creator that is promoting your brand. You are not paying them anything to do that. They are using their time and their energy to promote your product. The people that are paying for it are a third party, a Google, with their advertisements. You are basically getting away. You're not paying anything. And they're promoting your brand. The copyright claim is pointless. The very small amount of money you will take away from a small YouTuber or a bigger YouTuber, you know, Say you take like a hundred pounds mm. from a YouTuber. That's for that money to be accumulated by Google and given to that creator, the amount of views that must have, what are you doing? You are much better just letting the, the promotion go out than making a hundred quid off it because you will make more from that, that free promotion essentially. And they just don't see that. They see the dollar signs and it's just, you know, you I make understand. A, but... You make a very good point, actually. Every time they ever talk about this stuff, so when, when yeah, whenever someone is talking about your product, your movie, that's free advertising for you. You know, especially yeah. if that person has a following. I mean, you know, and I think that's part of it as well. Like, I imagine if you have like a couple of million followers, I doubt that stuff's getting claimed. You know what I mean? Because it's like, look at this audience. From what I've seen, it's more so. Because no, really? on the radar yeah like the angry joe show is um a fantastic example um the cosmonaut variety hour they've all had big issues with copyright um where companies have gone from these are channels with millions of subscribers 
um, whose videos do over a hundred thousand views each video at least. You know, I know some of cosmonauts have got millions, and he's had copyright issues, uh, particularly from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers are the worst of the worst. I just want to point that out. They really do not want people talking about their stuff clearly, um, and they, yeah, they're just constantly under fire with this stuff. You know. I just want to add to this as well to interject quickly. I, I, I was watching something the other day about this, like like how crazy copyright can go. And I think D Disney might actually be the worst of all because I've heard that in some cases, like if you, okay, let's say you want to have like a children's birthday party, right? And you just want to have like a mock-up image of like, I don't know, uh, Mickey Mouse, right? They will sue your ass for that shit. Like even though... It's like, it's just some kid's birthday party. Who cares, right? I they think will, they will go out of their way to old. Sorry? I, I don't think that's the case now. Mm. So much. Mm. So I know for a fact that Mickey was supposed to be in the public domain. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, because it's like 100 years of the character. Yeah, but it's still actively... That's the thing. But like, they they stopped it. They they have stopped it. They have retained it, so it's not in the public domain. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. They can they continue it. They continually um, extend the license and stuff on it. Yeah, but I think Disney are kind of waking up as a company a little bit. I know people view them as the thing of all evil. I do get that, but I I don't know. I just feel like they might be cleaning up their acts slightly, like in terms of YouTube copyright. Okay. I, I get very few issues from Disney. I got a claim for playing Kingdom Hearts uh, uh, last year for playing Kingdom Hearts 3. And they released it very quickly. I disputed mm. it and within a couple of days they released it. So that didn't go to the 30-day mm. thing where it defaults in my favour. Someone manually reviewed it and said, you know what, fair enough. Recently, um, I don't know if you know about it, but Sora from Kingdom Hearts was added to Smash Bros., Ooh. I haven't received a single claim for the music when I've been streaming Smash Bros. And I've been having it as my arena music because I absolutely love the Kingdom Hearts series. I one of well, the the best moment of the entire Smash saga for me. And I have not received one claim. I have been streaming Kingdom Hearts 2, which has variations on the classic Disney music that Disney own. Yeah. Not a single issue. So I do think they're wising up to it, particularly seeing as the Warner Brothers vs. DC, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers vs. Disney war continues. Warner Brothers just keep getting worse. And I think Disney have realized, and are like, okay, people enjoy our movies more in this mm. whole superhero war we're having. So how about we get the community even more on side and stop claiming them for everything they have? And then, yeah. Yeah, I have to say, when since they uh, bought Marvel, things do seem to be changing for better and worse. I mean, you know, the Star Wars movies is you know it's a very diversive kind of is um, it polarizing is it issue. Is it polarizing? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure most people agree it was bullshit. It is like... polarizing. I see a lot of people that that, that don't. Do you know what? Do you know what it is? Right. I don't hear anyone going. And I'm sure there are some people that genuinely love those movies, um, but I don't hear anyone going like, oh, that's amazing, that th these movies were amazing. But you know, the one thing I, I do kind of feel for them on is the fact that like, naturally those movies get compared to like the original, original Star Wars movies and the original, original ones, like not only are they good Star Wars movies, they are good 
like they are classic cinema that's that's the big difference they are like yes like yes. greatest some of the greatest movies ever made like empire strikes back is arguably probably the best sequel ever made to any movie you know i mean and, and there's loads out i there. i agree i think there's a few others on the same level yeah, 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 i completely yeah, agree um so i only know one person that loves the, the sequel ones. trilogy yeah. um mel if you're watching this shouts to you but god no um <laughs> i view the sequels on the same level that i view the prequels yeah um revenge my, of the minus Sith. minus minus the fun prequel uh sorry the fun memes there's no meme yes, worthy that's quality true. Ever. <laughs> um i think revenge of the sith is the best of the prequel trilogy i actually think it's a it's a decent star wars movie um you know the third one mm. in this saga i think um the force awakens is a genuinely good star wars movie yes i but genuinely it's, it's, had it's a lot just, of fun with that but it's just a remake of a new hope it is and it's it plays exactly. it by the number but it plays it by the numbers it plays but, it no, but literally, for a modern star wars audience but they literally jack they yeah. literally made the same movie but it's so the is same, phantom menace essentially think about the plot structure of a phantom menace Okay, but here's the thing. No, 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 hear me, hear me, hear me. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, the plot, the, the device, the plot device is always the same across all of those movies, more or less, except for Attack of the Clones, where it's just talking, 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 talking. Most forgettable <laughs> talking. film I've ever seen. It's just, oh man. It, aside from like the few good meme-worthy points, all I remember from that movie is Anakin, Sand, talking, um... Jango Fett. Yeah, That's oh yeah, one of the few Actually, things I remember. Jango Jan- Jan- Fett and and Kenobi on on um on Camino. Camino was good. That was good. Yeah, but Yoda is... flipping about with a lightsaber for the first time. Eh. That was okay. Right, look, I don't think it's a good movie. I don't like it. But you have to admit, when you were in the cinema as a child, first, oh yeah, no, no, and you time. saw him unsheath that lightsaber. You were like, yeah, yeah, no, that was yeah. Of course, of course. Next level. But I, th- I thought in the third, the third movie, Revenge of the Sith. I I love that movie. I think it's a fantastic. Yeah, movie. I think it is really um, good. I think it saved the prequels. To be honest, um, I don't think it could save it. I think it did save. I it. think if, at if, that if they, point, if they'd have just done another shit movie, that would have been it. Revenge oh of yeah, the Sith yeah. Saved it. As a as a trilogy, it's terrible. But I feel like the third one is like George Lucas being like, "We're sorry." For everything else and that, do you, do you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't think it's, it it's him. It, it's but... him saying, "I'm so sorry about Jar Jar Binks." Here's... <laughs> well, have you heard the stuff about Jar Jar about the original plan? Yeah, I think it's BS. George Lucas has said it. What did he plan to have him as a Sith Lord? Not necessarily as a Sith Lord, but Jar Jar was meant to have a much bigger and darker role, is what he said. But um. That would have been the fans so... hated it so much that scrapped it. That would have been so much better because it would imagine? have been. It would have been well. The reason why it would have been cool is because his character acts stupid, right? And this idea that he's actually putting on an act makes him an even greater villain. But it, I agree. But instead, he was just annoying. He he was supposed to be comedy relief, but it wasn't funny. That's no. Problem. He was just a bit like of a racist caricature at the end of the day, like. Hmm. Well, there's been there's been a lot of uh, of calls about it being quite racist, but I've never I'm, heard that before. I'm I am a middle aged white guy. I can't speak on those matters at the end of the day. But 
there, okay. there's been a lot of talk on that and there's been a lot of talk on like the, the actor himself I think like he he self harmed over it. I think didn't he, he get tried to take he, his own he life. Got, yeah, he got like a lot of backlash and bullied for that, which yeah. is not cool. No, because he got I'm not being rights. I'm not being funny, right? These idiots that watch movies and then target the actor like it like it's the actor's fault. The actor's playing a role, you idiots. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like uh, I feel I need to say this about the Sonic community actually because this is a really valid point that I've really had to drive home this year. And I've really been, I've argued the toss with people over. So um, a lot of people have been unhappy with the way that Sonic has been written uh, since about 2010. And that's when the new voice actor, uh, Roger Craig Smith, came in in 2010, as, at the same time as new writers. And all Roger has received, well, it's not all he's received, but he has received a massive amount of hate from the fans because oh he's written so cheesily now and like there's no depth to the character and it's just like I, I remember when i interviewed him the amount of people that gave him hate on it and i was just like he doesn't write his lines he doesn't write how the character is portrayed mm. and yet people are shooting all they hear him like oh, it's all his fault and it's like no it's these terrible writers that just aren't doing anything with the character like he is doing the very best with what he is given I gotta say that's something I really don't like about fan culture. Because uh, I don't, I don't ever remember. I mean, I'm sure this happened, you know, when we were kids and before then. Like, I'm sure people. I, I think I remember hearing about like when Star Trek Next Gen came out and people, you know, they received hate for that. You know, for example, versus old Star Trek fans. But I think the concept is stupid. Like, look, whenever you release something new there's just going to be people that don't like it. And even if it's kind of universally agreed that it sucks, like don't target people. Like, you know what? Like I'll say this about those Star Wars movies, right? At least they're like, they're, they're, they're coherent stories. They're stuff you can, you can enjoy. You can enjoy them as movies. You know, you, you can get entertainment from them. Um, and the and the actors and you know, did their best, and then the directors had their own vision for it, etc. When I think about, yeah. and I've said this on the podcast before, when I think about um, like the Game of Thrones season finale, right? That angered me, not because of anything that the actors did, or, or you know, even particularly the story. You know, the story was it was what it was, but. I, my problem was that it was clearly rushed and it was lazy and it was it didn't make any logical sense. Um, yeah. For example, just a quick thing, and again I said this before, so sorry, but to drive the home point, there's a character called um, is it Bran? I think his name yeah, is the, yeah. the one who gets um, like crippled at the beginning of the first season, and then he becomes the uh, the black eyed raven, and then that that's what you think is three eyed raven, whatever it is that's his story arc. Okay, and it comes into full effect and it's it's cool and it's interesting. It's like, oh, where's this going? And then randomly, season eight, oh, okay, he's gonna be king. What? Like there was there was no setup for that, there was no yeah. clues throughout the entire eight seasons. Um, it, it was also contradictory contradictory because his character is supposed to what the point of his character is that his old character, the, the original Bran, is now dead, and all it is 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 this free-eyed raven character has replaced him that's what you're supposed to believe and this character is supposed to be above 
um, you know, things like ego and stuff like that. But him going... Well, he's a druid, isn't he? By that regard. Kind of, yeah. So, like, one with nature, not to be tied to a throne. Yeah, the whole point is that he wouldn't have... E- yeah, because if you're going to be king, there's a certain amount of ego involved. You know, you believe you are good enough to rule the kingdoms and blah, 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 right? Um, but... And, and in that final season, like, he's pushing... To, he actually wants to become king. And I'm like, yeah, but this, this is contradictory to his character. And this doesn't make any sense. Anyway... I think that was what annoyed me. Not anything else, you know, like I think with stories at the end of the day, you can't please everyone. You just can't. It's impossible. And, yeah. and ch- change is inevitable. Like you, going back to the Sonic point, the original actor, I mean, how long did he do, do that for? Like a long, long time. I mean, we've had a few different actors. Few, um, okay. The current Sonic has been the longest running okay. Sonic for, for a decade now. Um, there will come a time when he leaves the role, you know, and, and there'll be a whole new generation of fans that will have grown up with Roger and hate the new one. And it's yeah. just, it's, oh, it's, just it's, like, it's like, it's like Doctor Who, you know, like when everyone grew up with Tennant and then Matt Smith came along and it's like, oh, I hate Matt Smith. And then they give him a chance, they find they like him and then they hate the next person. And it's just yeah. like, this is stupid. Like, look, I get, I, I get that people don't like it when something changes. You know, they lo- they want to remember how it was and stuff. But change is inevitable. Change is part of life, and you've got to embrace yeah. it. I think I think one of the big things is the judgment on whether that is the correct thing to do, though. Like with a lot of things, like uh, let's look at Two and a Half Men, for instance. Right, I was a Ooh, big Two and a Half Men fan. Right, so once you had got rid of Charlie Sheen, yes. We can change to Ashton Kutcher. We can continue for another four or five seasons. But should we? No. That's, that's where the judgment needed to come in. You know what? Now, don't get wrong. I don't hate on Ashton Kutcher's performance in it. And I don't hate on those, that, those seasons. But the show, was, the show was Charlie Sheen. And I think it should have been wrapped there. See, here's where I disagree with you. I agree that the heart and soul of that show was definitely the era with Charlie Sheen in it. That was definitely the best episodes, hands down. But they had a real chance to revamp the show with Kushner and do something different. When you think about his, here's the thing. Okay, it is just a comedy show, right? So logic and reasoning doesn't have to always be there. But let's just look at the story for one second, right? Um, Charlie's brother is leeching off his brother. And the, and the reason why that's allowed is because they're brothers and blah, 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 right? Yeah, and they love each other, okay? And they're there for each other. That makes sense. That story makes sense. People can relate to that. When Ashton's Kutch, Kutcher's character came in, he's a billionaire who happens to buy this house and Charlie's brother is initially kind of showing him around this place and manages to weasel his way into staying there, right? By being a sort of a guide i don't know like a kind of a a leeching friend which kind of is funny in the beginning but then after a while you're like why wouldn't this guy just tell him to f up get the hell out of my house like stop leeching off me you know because he's probably gets to the point like oh we're going to adopt a child together and pretend we're married and all this kind of stuff and i'm like you have run out of ideas yeah that does pure and simple and it's like don't get me wrong i think it could have been something but when you look at it like the whole dichotomy of it wasn't just that he was leeching off his brother 
it's that Charlie was a cold, unaffectionate alcoholic mm. slash sex addict, essentially, who was learning to open up to family again and learning to be tolerant and learning to fall in love and things like that. And it just felt like here's a reinvention of that character type where he can do all of those things, but he's got an innocence to him where it's like, but he doesn't do those things, but he's could re- he's realizing that he could be a billionaire playboy kind of thing. And Alan kind of keeps him on track. And it's just like, it just wasn't the same dynamic. It wasn't interesting. And another great example of what I was saying, I think is Scrubs. Mm. Scrubs finished with season eight, as far as I'm concerned. When JD walks through that hallway and he sees all the images from his past and he sees what's going to happen in his future with him and Elliot having kids and he walks down the hallway and finishes his last day at Sacred Heart, that is the end. And then what did they decide to do? We'll bring them back. We'll do a season with brand new characters, but we'll bring that main cast back to be mentoring characters and we're reinventing it and we're doing Scrubs differently. No, stop because it was fucking terrible and it, it destroyed everything they did in that last episode. Okay, those okay, okay, okay. moments of closure you had, you know? But something we're talking about here, which is important, is this concept of reinvention. You can reinvent, but you've got to give time for people to love the new characters. Like, for example, look at the unsuccessful Ghostbusters movie from 2016, right? Yeah. The original characters from what I understand, because I never saw the movie. What I got told is apparently they played like cameos in the movie. Um, And what people were really clamoring for, what people really wanted was a third Ghostbusters movie. Um, And it would have, you would have been able to introduce an all female cast if you'd have kind of had like a passing of the torch moment. You know what I mean? I think the issue with that is something that we kind of touched upon earlier is none of this stuff works. No matter how much like nostalgia you put in or whatever, if there is not good writing, good writing is the backbone. You can introduce me. You could give me a new four person cast of Brad Pitt, uh, Angelina Jolie, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, I, 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 don't I, I get you. I get so, uh, yeah. give me that. If they're not written well, then that is going to suck. It's not going to resonate with audiences and they're not going to be invested. If it's written correctly, you have something fantastic that you can build on that reinvention with. And yeah, I just think it comes down to it all the time. The backbone, the solid backbone of any production is the writing. It can look like crap. But if you if you can resonate with that story, if you are gripped by it and you want to go into every episode wanting more or, you know, the next movie or whatever, then you've done it. It's all about the writing. It's all about the narrative. Yeah. You know what? You nailed that one. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I just want to tie up on the reinvention thing. I, I think you've got to have a combination of the two there. So you need good writing for the story. But, yep. you know, you like, for instance, with this new Ghostbusters movie, that's exactly what they're doing, actually, is the, the passing yes. of the torch thing. Like, they've, they've got, rec- don't get me wrong, they've got recognisable actors for this generation that you'd know, like, uh, was it Finn from, from Stranger Things? Paul Rudd. 
Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Like people that you would like and people, you know. Yeah. But point yeah. is, it's for a new generation, but it's got that nostalgia, but it's handing over. Like they, they did that well in The Force Awakens, to be honest. I mean, exactly. you know, you had Han Solo and Chewie and, and Princess Leia, but then, you know, you introduced these new characters and, and it was exciting. You know, it was exciting. Yeah. Like, oh, here's this Jedi that you know nothing about that is really powerful and ooh, what's going on there and that has his, to be a skywalker yeah that or a palpatine me. it would have been so much cooler if they did just ended that movie right with her going and who are you and she just went i'm a palpatine and then just sift lightsaber <laughs> oh, that, would, <laughs> that would have been amazing they could have done that oh i wish i wish but no, that I, film I, I, it's just fan theories come to life and i hate it <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much do you, do you think that's what it was then like people hated the last jedi so much that there was just too much then the third movie was so, like trying to ret retcon it basically oh uh, this is the problem right because Star Wars fans, it's just I'm one of them, so I feel for, and I know you are as well, so don't take offense, but I'm just gonna insult <laughs> a lot of us now. We are all fucking idiots, man. It's like, so we see Ray in The Force Awakens, and it's like, oh, so she could be Obi Wan's daughter. Oh, oh, imagine if she was like Palpatine's granddaughter, or oh, she's definitely a Skywalker because she can't just be someone else that isn't connected to anyone. And then Ryan Johnson was like, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And don't get me wrong, I really don't like The Last Jedi. But he did it, and I wasn't okay with it at the start because I'm one of those Star Wars fans. So I was like, you know what, I've made peace with this. She is nobody. That's kind of exciting that not every Jedi in this thing has to be from the same fucking families. And then we get to the third one where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, people really didn't like The Last Jedi. Hang on, let me go on a Reddit and let me just see what the top fan theories are. Razor Palpatine. Yo, that could work. Get JJ on the phone. Let's get this written up. And um, yeah, he'll come back for it. He's, he's not starting anything for a while. You know, he'll make it a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's get it done. No, stop. I, like, I'm a fan. Stop listening to us. When does it ever go well when people base entire plots on fan theories? Like, oh. I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Palpatine coming back. I love the character. Don't get me wrong. I, I love yeah. Ian McDermott. I think it's a brilliant character. But um, to me, that kind of killed the ending of Return of the Jedi in a way. Because it was like, oh, he's some... Like, even, was okay. it, Poe Dameron, when he's just like, somehow he came back. Right. And that's exactly the sentiment you I feel like everyone is like... Head, right? <sighs> so this is the thing. Palpatine, as he has written in extended media and whatnot, is powerful enough to survive what happened to yeah, him at the end of Return yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah, I know, I know. So therefore, if you're going to bring him back, and again, we come back to my point about a well-written narrative. If we're going to bring him back and there is some explanation, some well-written story as to how that has happened, I am all for it. Explain the greater law. Explain how connected he is with the Force. Do not tell me in a title screen, title crawl reveal that he's back and then have Oscar Isaac just say, somehow Palpatine has returned. And that be it. Like, that's not good narrative. That's no narrative. That's just, oh, well, he's here. It's, it's like the it's equivalent. Like Smash Bros. It's, it's, it's like everyone is here. It's like the equivalent right. of, of someone going, oh, and then something happened, and then something happened, and then this happened. Okay, great, cool. Start scene. <laughs> 
like, it's like just, just accept it. Just accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Do you know what? Like, <laughs> I half expected at some point for them to do a comic and just be like, "Oh, want to know the bit that we couldn't be bothered to write into the story?" Here it goes. They didn't even do that. People hated it so much. Just like that. See you there. See you there. Let's switch it up. Um, I love how this has become a Star Wars podcast. But yeah, let's 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 move on. You've secured a job at Sega. Yes. You now work at Sega. This is mad. Tell I now us, work at Sega. Tell us about this job, what it means to you, and how you got it. So uh, I was working for a company previously that where I had built PCs for the VFX architecture and gaming industries. So big bad boy PCs, you know, 3080s, 3090s, all that jazz. Um, and it was great. I, I was having so much fun with it. Honestly, awesome. And I got to a point where I was building PCs for Sega through that job. Oh, wow. Um, they were one of the customers. And I've always kind of been updated on LinkedIn and stuff with people at Sega. I've always kind of followed that stuff because, you know, part of the the job as a Sonic tuber is, oh, they're hiring for a new project. Okay, what's going on there then? And one thing just kind of led to another in a series of crazy events and things happening that I just, I didn't plan for. And yeah, now I am working as on the help desk, the, the IT help desk at Sega. It's, it's crazy. I have to kind of remind myself every day that this is reality now. It's just, I, I, I just can't put into words. Like, I don't think people will ever understand because I don't fully understand just how like the entire destiny of mine has been linked mm. to a video game that I played in 1995. Yeah. And, and the, the journey that I've taken over these 28 years, I'm now contributing to my favorite franchise of all time. You know, not, not directly. I'm not going to say here that I'm like, I'm working on the next Sonic game, guys. That's, that's not how it works. But like, it the people could happen. It, Just it, saying. It could. But you know, the people that I'm supporting, um, you know, the, the issues I'm fixing, all of that kind of thing, is all directly affecting this brand and, and all of the other wonderful brands that Sega has. Um, you know, in, in the UK, we, we work very hard on the football manager games every year, which are hugely successful. Um, and we support, you know, teams like Relic, who, who work on the Total War series. It's a hugely successful series. Um, the, the Yakuza series. There's so many amazing franchises coming out of Sega. And just doing what I do kind of, well, not kind of, supports them all. And it's, it's just it's such a surreal feeling. It's one I can't really quantify. It's just every day those elevate. Well, not every day because you know COVID restrictions. Not, but every time I go into that office and those elevator doors open, and I just see that massive Sega sign on the doors before I enter and see the big statue of Sonic. It's just, it's crazy. I'm I'm really living the dream right now. I I, I just just can't even, just can't even. 
I like it when the good guys get the shot, like the chance in life. It makes me happy. Thank you, bro. <laughs> I got to ask though: Did they reach out to you? I know you. Obviously, if you can't say for legal reasons, no problem. But like, I got to know: Like, was it you pushing for it, or was it they kind of recognised and were like, "Hey, what about this?" Or like, who 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 kind of extended the olive branch? We'll say it was mutual. Okay. And that's not like a thing of like, I, I can't really, like it was genuinely okay. kind of a mutual thing mm. um, through conversation. Fair enough. Essentially. Right. Um, I had asked and said, look, do you think it's a good idea for me to, to go forward for this, to, to go for this position? Um, the conversation happened and yeah, now we're here. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Proud of you. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's crazy. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but let's explore this. What can you tell us about you getting the opportunity to voice Sonic the Hedgehog? So, not in an official capacity, yeah, okay, guys. Okay, okay, Do no, not no, expect no. me in the movie or the games. But I'm going to clickbait and, and just say that you're, you voiced Sonic the Hedgehog. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not a lie. It's just, it's just, it is true. You did it for a fan thing. But anyway. Well, I haven't done that yet. So there's, there's two projects at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's uh, one that I'm working on with a few people. Um, I'm not like the main person on it, but I'm going to be voicing characters in it, which is awesome. Uh, we're going into some work in that, on that during January. There's another one that is being run by one of my channel viewers that is also looking at beginning work in January, I believe that um, I've, I think I'm in the running for to do something with, which is really cool. And then on my channel, I've just been doing my own fan dubs, as I said, of, yeah. of cutscenes, voicing multiple different characters. Um, and I want to continue my comic series as well. My comic dub series this year, um, just during this pandemic it has been quite difficult to, find a female voice actor to come in and do Amy, to be completely honest with you, so I can do episode two. The first episode is Sonic and Tails. The second is Sonic and Amy. I think after that, I've got like a solid six episodes where I can voice every character in it because it's all male. But then it gets to the point where all the female characters start coming into it as well. And it's like, I'm not going to do them a disservice by trying to do a female voice. So I'm just going <laughs> yeah. to try and assemble a cast to get this done. Hmm. So yeah, like I'm really loving jumping into that world of the voice acting side of things. I, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm particularly good. I'll leave, you know, people up to make up their own minds up about that. You know, go check it out on the channel if you want to see something and look out for these projects. Hopefully, coming next year. But it's just it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of sit here and like like a lot of nights I'll be sitting there and I'll just maybe I'm, I'm having a smoke or I'm just watching something and I'm like practicing the voice and refining it and trying to get to the little points to think like, how would I want to voice Sonic? How would I want to voice Shadow, Tails, Knuckles? And I'm going to be doing a Knuckles one soon for the channel. That's not, no one's seen me do Knuckles yet, but I'm going to be doing a Knuckles. Cool. Um, it's just, it's really nice. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of be able to put my own unique spin on these characters that I love so much and just, yeah, it's a bit of fun really. And people do seem to be enjoying it on the YouTube shorts front. So as long as people keep watching, I'm gonna keep doing it. 
and you know we'll see how it goes but you know sega if you are watching this um you know and you need someone for a sonic project i'm your guy i'm your guy don't worry about it i've got you calamity, don't have to pay me calamity hatcher for the next sonic the hedgehog voice acting spot i'm calling it now imagine if that happens imagine if that happens. calamity for sonic imagine that happens imagine the voice actor steps down and they say jack would you like to audition would you would can you audition hmm, i wonder sega are very good about um like opportunities within the company so i i i you know what like i think if that did happen obviously they would probably look at professional voice actors first but i don't think sega would be the kind of company to throw your cv out the window when you apply to be completely honest that would be brilliant like as a full circle you just imagine 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 that story i picked up my sega mega drive controller in 1995 and say 30 years later i am sonic the hedgehog (laughs) it writes itself you could do documentaries about it, it'd be great. All I am campaigning for, so listeners of this podcast, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move this. Along with any of the hatchlings that are watching right now, we're going to form together and create this, this army that are going to get this going. We need a Calamity Hatcher cameo in Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie three. Because if Shadow the Hedgehog's in it as well, I need a cameo, just, just a, a, a tiny cameo. Five seconds on screen. Never see me again. Let's get it done. I, do you know what? I honestly think that's very possible. For, no, but no. If you if you look at it from the perspective of like um, either people, either there's a section where like Sonic has fans or something like that, that could work. Or people, you know, like, okay, I was watching um, a movie called Free Guy the other day love that film great movie um for those who don't know basically giant video game world it's it's brilliant i won't spoil it it's really good but anyway there's a lot of people in it like <laughs> ninja i did not expect to see ninja in a movie um but he's obviously there streaming you know talking about what's going on kind of thing and it's it's kind of a weird thing when you think about it but also it's not really that weird you know streaming and gaming is is a massive part of culture now it's just that's, that's yeah, just yeah. how it is so it's and the whole game is about video uh, video games so it makes sense and if we can get a sonic cameo in the first movie we, we can definitely get a clammy hatcher in the third i think so like come fingers on crossed. fingers crossed let's make it happen people tweet at the director tweet at paramount right i want to ask you something serious oh. um because you've spoken about this publicly and you don't, yep. you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Go on, go on, go on. So this year, you mentioned that you've experienced health problems, haven't we all? Um, yeah, yep. That could lead to blindness. Uh, now, this kind of freaked me out when I read this, to be honest. Um, what can you tell us about this? Can it be cured or reversed? Because um, this is a, this is major, especially yeah. for everything that you do. Like, what's I mean, the situation there? So it can't, like, it can't be cured. Uh, okay. it can be postponed mm-hmm. to a point where like it doesn't actually affect you in your lifetime hmm. um, but there's a lot of conditions 
soundtrack to that you know as as everything you know nothing in life is is easy um so at the moment i'm kind of just working on me in that regard because it's it's largely diabetes based um so you know i've worked really well have been working hard to kind of keep my sugars under control start eating better um all of that kind of thing and it you know it's it's not an easy thing to do at all a lot of people don't kind of give it credit but you know it is what it is um yeah we, we just try and get through it at the end of the day i think the biggest change i've made is uh not drinking monster anymore because mm. monster was like i was drinking like four or five monsters a day at one point damn dude. and it's like 42 grams of sugar i can um wow now, i know i know and now i drink g fuel which has no sugar and that's that's all i drink i don't drink monster anymore so what actually is yeah. in g fuel what's what's in there um a lot of fruit powder okay a lot of uh caffeine goodness um i'm guessing aspartamine as the sweetener which we all know isn't great but at the end of the day if you're diabetic that you're drinking aspartamine like there's no way around it whether you're drinking no added sugar fruit squash whether you're drinking diet coke Mm. diet fanta whatever it is you're you're drinking aspartamine like it's it's just a trade-up at the end of the day Mm. but yeah so at the moment i'm making active kind of things to make my life better to to work on things and improve my health so yeah it's a battle well it's a war but i'm i'm it, it would appear that i'm starting to turn the tide of battle so I think, yeah I think it's a tricky one one thing that we share is, as well is like you know they say sometimes like oh the strongest people don't complain they, they just get on with it i, I always kind of disagree with that because I, like you, quite happily will rant or get annoyed or get upset and, and, and wear my heart on my sleeve and just say like, oh, this is frustrating. This pisses me off. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then I'll do something about it. Like I'll still keep working hard, keep trying to change different things, taking advice, whatever. Like I won't just yeah, sit, yeah. And, sit and do nothing about it or, or whine. And I feel like they're, they're, that's something we share, like, you know, you're faced with these things, you'll voice it online, you'll be like, oh, this is fucked, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then I see you keep going, you keep trying, you know what I mean? It doesn't, like, stop you from doing things, it's just you're in your frustrations kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, they, don't get me wrong, there's a fine line between, like, you are just moaning and doing nothing about it Mm. and venting. But it's the way that you conduct yourself, like, I will vent about stuff and I'll be like, okay, you know, this fucking sucks. But then as soon as I've released that, it's time to move on and start working on, on making it better at the end of the day. Like you see me post a thing saying, Oh, I'm so sick of the YouTube copyright system. Still going to upload a video the next day. Like you, you you have your right to complain about things in life. I really feel like people don't, appreciate this enough like if you are unhappy about something and it's it's legitimate then voice it fair enough but you are not going to get the absolution that you want from doing that it's about getting that out of your system and then working on how you know you can improve this and i do understand you know there are some 
circumstances that people are in where they can't do anything and you know like my heart goes out to that complete completely empathize with that but everyone's situation is different and it's like for instance one of the things that really annoys me that you hear quite a lot is like oh well there are people like starving all over the world and Mm. you're complaining about this it's like everyone's problems are relative to them you can't just be like oh yeah but this person is suffering much more well of course you will always find someone in this world that's suffering more than you but that doesn't mean your problems aren't valid it doesn't mean that you don't have a right to voice that and say i'm unhappy with what's going on in my life right now but then you just got to try and do everything you can within your power to to change that and make active improvements and as i said i understand that's not always easy and i understand it's not always possible but I, I guess that's always kind of the mentality i've had like me and you are very similar in like the work driven mindset that we have we are very intent on getting where we want to get mm. in life and we just keep working and i think yeah then ran if it's going to help you get to the top as long as you're proactive about it do what you need to do at the end of the day i get that some people are more reserved but i'm like you i wear my heart on my sleeve with a lot of things so i'm just like i don't give a, i don't give a shit this is unashamedly me um i'm still gonna get to where i want to get to so enjoy the ride i'm not gonna sit on social media pretend my life is perfect like everyone wants to do it's just come on man that that thing really annoys me like everyone on social media, this is the perfect life it's like who buys that who really buys that like we've all got problems there's, man. like there's someone we used to go to school with and i'll tell oh. you i'll tell you off camera who it is um so it's a couple they were dating someone from outside our school and I, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for them. Okay. But they were a bit much when they were dating when we were at school. Okay. Yeah. All these years later, exactly the same. It feels like every moment of their life is an update. It's like, oh, we went to this party. Oh, we, um, we went for coffee. Oh, we... <sighs> painted the wall i don't know like just everything is a fucking life update that everyone needs to know and it's like how much time do you actually spend living your life like yeah. <laughs> as, do you know do you know what i mean like don't get me wrong if you want to share like hey we had a baby oh hey we got married yeah awesome right but i just don't understand why everything needs to be an ad like an, an update it, it, and I, I i i tire of seeing it sometimes i'm very tempted to just like unfollow this person because it it, 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 it kind of aggravates me it's just like you've, yeah. been doing, you've been doing this for the better part of like 15 years man <laughs> see at the same time like, you kind of got to end it haven't you a little bit like no. your life is so content like it, you're, you're you're so in love and happy that this is just see, this I, is what, what you post like i call bs on that though because I feel like if you genuinely mm. were happy, you wouldn't feel the, to the need to tell the world about it every five seconds. I kind of get that. You'd be too busy enjoying your life, you know? Yeah, like, I do kind of get like, that. If, like, if I was in love, like, genuinely in love with someone, I might post, like, one photo, like, at a particular place. You know, we, we're just, it's a good moment. I want to remember it. 
but I would probably keep image like for instance, I have pictures of me and my ex girlfriend, like quite a few that I didn't post on social media, and I still won't, obviously now. But um, I keep them as memories, you know, yeah. um, for me. Like, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm more reserved when it comes to private life. I just believe in that. But at the same time, I don't know, like I. I, I feel like the more it, it's kind of like that expression you protest too much you know what I mean I feel like it's you, you know you who are you trying to prove this to you know you're happy like, yeah are you, are you trying to prove it to me some random person like I don't get it I mean may, maybe there yeah. are ge- maybe there are genuinely people that are just sharing everything because they want to okay fine but I, I just don't get that I do not understand that I think that like the way that the reason that I can kind of see it though that I can I can appreciate is, I mean I can't speak for you but I kind of do the same thing like you know like I'm posting content to YouTube I might not be in the best state of mind at that point but that's certainly not what you're going to see in that content. That's different. you're going to see me that's, presenting. Like, no, but that's that's business. That's a product that's a thing that's different yeah i suppose i suppose i know exactly what you mean and you're right you're right it is kind of oh, okay well, you, yeah you're right you know it's a character doing. almost isn't it not yeah. quite because it is no, you no, no, but no no, no yeah. you're right you're right you're presenting you are presenting a certain aspect like they're not going to see the dulled subdued like you know how me and you would be in real life having a beer is not what people will see on screen. And that's not because we're hiding no, anything. Exactly. It's just, it's just, you know what the real reason for that is? It's just not interesting. It's not yeah. interesting. If I would just sit here and be like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's not interesting. That's, that's, who wants to sit and watch that or listen to that? <laughs> it's true. It's like I'm in pajamas like 90% of the time if I'm at home. But, you know, the, the hatchlings don't see that calamity. <laughs> you know, I'm always, I'm always like, hey guys, what's going on? I've got my hat on. It's energy. Uh, I'm going to break the illusion. You want to give your audience energy. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to break this to the hatchlings right now and to your viewers as well. <gasps> this only goes on for videos. <gasps> I don't wear the hat normally. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. He's been lying to us all this time. <laughs> the fact, do you know what? Yeah, it's because I've come to realize like, so I'm a bit like obsessed with taking care of my hair. I'll be honest. I've got actually, like a whole I, body routine, and I rarely the hat see ruins you. the hair. I rarely see you without wearing a hat. Actually, I've noticed. <laughs> I don't forget about this. <laughs> but obviously, it ruins my hair, man. <laughs> so I'm like, nope. If I'm going down to the shops, I'm not wearing a hat. If oh, I'm okay. out for the night, like in a nightclub or whatever, I will not be wearing the hat. I don't really wear it to work now anymore. Mm. Yeah. Just... What do you wear to work? Do you wear like just smart casual? Or... Yeah, it's just completely casual. Yeah, I, I swear to God, because the place I work at is smart casual as well, and it's a startup. But it's like, I swear everywhere now is smart casual. I, I can't remember the last, I mean, apart from like business, business, like in, this, in the city, I rarely ever see yeah. anyone actually turn up to the office in business. I think, I think we're definitely kind of hitting a generational shift in that. Whereas mm. like, you, obviously you have like your lawyers and your bankers and that kind of thing. You expect everyone to be suited and booted. But then like, I think, where a lot of these managers are coming through right now is like, why would I put someone in essentially what is a uniform when they're going to be much more comfortable working mm. in, you know, whatever they choose to work in, because that it, it does affect productivity. Like if people are just more comfortable, they're more productive. Like obviously there are examples, like if you're a, I don't know, UPS driver, for instance, they will yeah. have uniforms, right. Or 
a firefighter or a policeman or an ambulance worker. I get that because that's clearly identifying what you are to the public. But things like I go and sit in an office all day and I don't interact with anyone company facing. Do you know what I mean? Why do you need to wear a shirt and tie? What, I, I mean, you know, I'm speaking from a male perspective. Don't even get me started on the, the restrictions on what women have to wear in the, in the office workplace. It's absolutely mm. ridiculous. And it's just like well, what are, people wear their streets. Like what, are some, what are some of the things you've seen in offices you well, work? Well, I know, you know, I've had some friends that have said, like, there's rules on heels and things like that. You have to wear heels. It's like... You have to wear heels. have to wear heels. Like, so you want to put your female workers through excruciating foot pain wow. for eight hours, eight to 12 hours a day because they're in an office setting. That's really selfish. Cause apparently with yeah. some of, some of those heels, uh, depending on the type of heels you have, some of them are known to actually break bones in women's feet. Like it's, it's actually like really, really bad for your feet. Exactly. And like, I think as well, you have to put a bit of trust in your employees. Like, Casual, like wearing whatever you want to work. Mm. Most people are still going to turn up looking presentable. Yeah. You know, it's not like everyone's just going to be like, well, it's not like I'm going to come into the office in pajamas. Or onesie. <laughs> or onesie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's common sense. And I think a lot of companies now are starting to realize that and they're starting to say, you know what, wear what you want. Like, I generally always try and wear something with Sonic on it if I'm in the office, just because why the hell not? You know, oh, it's, that's sweet. I just rep the whole time. I, 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 lo- I love, I love, I love the thing. I love the thing that you do where you take a picture of you with the giant Sonic statue every day. That's really sweet. That's like something that's going to come out soon. The video on that will come out soon, where that's all being used. That's all been saved for something. Is that? Is that like? A, oh, okay. All right. We don't worry. No, you're not. You're not spoiling it. It's fun talking about it. But um, yeah, there is there is a video that's going to be coming out probably the thirty first of December. Mm. Um, which I believe at the moment is being just being called 2021. And uh, those, those images will be shown there because they've only really been shown to my friends on Facebook. They have not been shared out really in like Calamity Hatcher. You see, I social forget media. about this. I forget like, cause I have you obviously on Facebook. Cause we know yeah, each other. Yeah. And um, it's, I, I forget like what's public and what isn't. And I'm like, that's why I asked you about this question earlier, the serious one, because I was like, did, did, does, does anyone know that? Is that okay to talk about? I don't know. Well, the hatchlings don't know about it, but... Ah, okay. Right, so we're having they, a bit of... Okay. You've, you've spoiled the show. You want, you want, well, to, keep, the... you want to keep that in? Because I can take that out. If that's... I, don't, I don't mind. It's up to you. It's up to you. Well, no, it's up to you. That's what I'm, I'm not going to. I don't want to fuck the flow of your editing. No, it's fine. No, I, I've, I've had situations where I've had to edit stuff out before. Sometimes for legal okay. reasons. There was there was a couple Sorry. I had on the show once who spoke about a newspaper that had put them in a difficult situation, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And they messaged me like a week later saying, hey, yeah, yeah please take that out because they're threatening legal action. I was like, wow. So oh, I had to Jesus. edit that out and delete it. And it's like, damn. So it's, it's yeah. And, and also, like, I always want my guests to feel happy and comfortable and, and all that jazz. So that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. speaking of 2021... What have you learned from 2021? Oh, do I make myself sound all, all sappy on the on the yes? On the yes Why do. the hell not? Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take some pure inspiration from uh, the Son of the Hedgehog franchise as I talk about this. Um, 
no matter how ridiculous something seems, no matter how in the distance, you know, how small something seems in your future, just fucking believe in yourself and go for it. Because, you know, I, if you told me in uh, the beginning of this year, end of last year, that I'd be in this situation now, I, I bet you're an idiot. Like, I've never believed you for a second. And here I am at the end of the day, and I'm literally living my best life right now. So, do you know, just, just keep running, people. Just grit your teeth and keep on running. And eventually some good karma will come around for you. Or at least I hope it will. You know, touch wood. But, yeah, I, that, that's the biggest thing I've learned. Just, it's quite funny because... One of the things that I, I find myself saying to myself a lot, I've really picked up on this, is I give up. Like I will co- it's probably one of my most said phrases. If I'm just sitting there and I have like a bad thought into my head or whatever, I thought, oh, I give up. Just to myself, just mutter it to myself. And damn, I didn't give up. <laughs> Even though I kept saying I'd give up, I just didn't give up. That was almost like me getting it out of my system. And not doing it, and now this look, is like... this is what I learned about you actually from from having you as a friend on Facebook. Oh, I feel so stupid saying that, like no, friend no, on no. Facebook. Like we actually know each other. We we went to Scott High School together for years. But anyway, uh, and sixth form. Um, God, my mind's gone blank for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about high school now. I'm thinking back high to school. Never ends. I'm just thinking oh, back oh. to the day when when. Uh, someone from our sixth form had uh had happened to be on tv and you decided to run up oh damn (laughs) jb 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 oh yeah jb you know he he ghosts me on um instagram i actually offered to have him on my show and he just ghosted me he saw the message as as in he saw the message and didn't respond like, this is the worst kind of go. I would actually prefer if they just never saw it. If they see the message and ignore you, that's like, ah. Also, and there was a girl, uh, I won't say who, who we went to school with, who's now a very good singer, apparently. Uh, she, okay. also, she also saw my message, didn't, didn't respond. I'll, I'll tell you who they are off camera. Um, and I'm just like, wow, man. Like, we literally went to school together. Like, you know, and okay, maybe for some people that doesn't mean shit, but I don't know. I think when you spend a lot of time with people in any capacity, it means something, you know. Yeah, yeah, straight up. But, um, yeah, damn. Mm. Anyway, um, what are your goals for 2022? I haven't thought that far ahead. (laughs) It's not like that's so weird in a month. Yeah, literally. It's just I'm still kind of blown away by everything that's that's happening at the moment. Mm. And I, I I'm still processing that day by day. And I don't know where that's gonna take me. I know next year will be a very big year for me in terms of content because we have Sonic Movie 2, Sonic Prime on um on netflix um sonic origins sonic frontiers it's gonna be a busy year in oh. terms of content for me i'm gonna have games and tv shows to cover it's gonna be awesome and 
I'm hoping that my career with Sega will continue to develop as well as my relationship with them as a YouTuber, mm. which is, is growing in tandem with, with working for them. Um, do they so ever, I, can I just ask you, do they ever say anything about that? Do they know that you do this stuff? Yeah. So a lot of people in the company have come up to us. Oh, I loved your video. I saw your video about working with oh. Sega and how much you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, the licensing, the guy that runs, um, the licensing side of things, uh, I'll show you clicking now actually. So he, he gave me this the other day. I saw he was looking at some, uh, some merch and he gave, gave me this <gasps> beautiful statue. Oh my God. That's so cool. And it is. And this is the 30th anniversary statue. Wow. It's worth like 70 quid and he just gave it to me as well as the 30th anniversary mug a brand new uh, sonic water bottle that hasn't been released yet i'm the first person in the uk to have one cool uh, so i'm gonna be opening that on well not open it but showing it off in a video at some point over the next week so my relationship is flourishing with them i was able to talk to them about things that i know that the community are really crying out for in terms of merchandise and stuff like that and i just hope to be able to continue developing that particularly as i become more adapted to you know the it solutions at sega and how i can improve things for people through my tech support i'm just really looking forward to exploring that opportunity as much as i can and still providing you know quality sonic content for everyone and it, it's so funny now that since i've started working at sega what i consider the big boys in the sonic youtube scene you know your 50 to 100k subscriber range are all very aware of who i am now and chatting to me and stuff like that and so i just want to continue my standing as a sonic tuber uh improve my standing as a general nerd tuber um and you know keep going with with the streams and the smash bros content i I feel like after all this time, I finally hit like my God mode in Smash. <laughs> like, it's taken a long time. He's not got an ego at all. He's not got an ego, no. But it's too, as soon as I got an elite Smash, I was like, that's it, I have an ego now. I don't even care. Um, but yeah, so I want to continue with the Smash Bros. I want to keep improving as a player. Um, I You will be seeing Calamity videos next year of me at local tournaments i fully intend Ooh. to go and try and win some tournaments now whether i'll ever get to a regional national international setting probably not but the best way to find out is to subscribe so you know i love that awesome. i love that yes it's yes. so ingrained in me i love that yeah go and subscribe calamity hatcher on youtube you won't regret it and go um, subscribe to this guy wrong <laughs> side this guy if you haven't already Thank you. Um, as we draw things to a close, I mean, you've already mentioned a few things, but yeah, do you have any upcoming projects or maybe some final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? So um, I was provided with something else from Sega that is very, very cool. Christmassy themed is opened over 24 days. It's currently the 12th of December. So yes, this is being recorded every day and there will be a video on December 24th. So make sure to tune in for that. It's very cool. Absolutely loving it. I'll, uh, I'm just gonna, just gonna like 
sneak peek there, and I'm just going to put oh. it back like oh. that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. As I said, I've got this video coming out on probably the 31st of December as well. I'm planning on it being quite like a a big video. It's going to be talking a lot about what has happened this year and the position I'm now in. And it's it's going to be quite, I feel, uh, I'm trying to take that core of the Sonic franchise, that heartfelt, emotional, we can do anything with our friends, like power and putting it into this video and it's it's become really awesome there's some really cool cinematography going on with it as well so i'm looking forward to people seeing that uh the calamity awards the calamity awards will be happening again it went down yeah, so well last that's year. good yeah so stay tuned for the calamity awards we got some big ones to be given out um this year i will actually be sending out some stickers to some of the winners some sonic stickers because i can't afford to make you all trophies but i can send you some sonic stickers so you they'll, they'll be going out the figure. so it'll definitely be worth watching and i guess you know i'm hopefully going to be going to the sonic movie 2 premiere yeah so next, oh yeah. Next yeah february march hopefully that'll be happening april the film will be coming out so if you want to hear a sonic fan go absolutely nuts about knuckles and everything else make sure you you stick around for that because next year is going to be a huge one for the channel an open world sonic game as well the streams man the streams there's going to be so many streams so yeah it, it's just going to be there, there is some content to come out look forward to i have some very 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 big sonic videos that will be coming out next year i'm just sorting out scheduling with other people big people mm. so i'm sure you can imagine what that might entail i've been very lucky to chat to roger craig smith the voice of sonic before so uh you know there's a couple other voice actors in there there's some people that have contributed a lot of music to this franchise that people love so interesting things are in the works things are in the works i promise you and of course these fan animations that are going to be coming out next year so i'm going to be all over that that sonic periphery you know, it's very, I, I want to get to that point where you can't think about Sonic the Hedgehog without thinking about Calamity Hatcher. So, yeah, st stay tuned, guys, because th there is there is a lot of stuff coming. And also, hopefully, uh, got some plans to do a few collabs with a few different YouTubers, which we need to talk about at some point as well, because I need Ooh. to get you on the Calamity Hatcher channel. I'm there too familiar go. on here. You need to come over to Calamity Hatcher for a little <laughs> bit. So, yeah, stick around. Plenty of stuff to come. Very exciting awesome, times. man. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. The fifth time, no less. So everyone else, make sure you go check out all of uh, Jack's previous appearances on the show. Uh, I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Best of luck. And uh, yeah, see you real soon, my friend. Thank you, Rose. Thank you so much. It's always an honor to come on here. I genuinely love my time on here. And you're amazing. Guys, give this guy all the support you can because he really deserves it. Thanks, man. And uh, to all the listeners of the Christian Reeve podcast, be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.